Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at Huntworth Gear. Dot com and they've got another sale going on 20% off you can use code HNT20CT and that sale ends November 6th now that does exclude the heat boost items but uh, they still got some great gear packs I mean we just were down in Ohio uh, we talk about it on this uh, podcast we did a, the, the, some of their uh, social media takeover and uh, hopefully you guys got to see a little bit about that that while we were on there and got to check out the Huntworth page. But man, we were we had zero service, so it was like everything was, you know, record some clips, take some photos, and then at the end of the night go and upload everything. Uh, but my buddy Eric, who paid for all of his gear, got you know he was like, I want to try out some of the Huntworth stuff. Um, because I was going to just let him use mine or whatever. He's like, no, no, I'll, I'll buy some. And uh, used it, really enjoyed it. And uh, actually, like, you might think 
because of the podcast um, that, you know, the, who is this guy? He's not, uh, he didn't see any deer, you know, whatever. We put in a lot of work, but he just killed a mega giant buck tonight here in Michigan. Uh, public land, water access, um, been hunting this spot for a while, but man, he just killed a beast and uh super awesome congrats to him but anyway the huntworth stuff um is definitely worth checking out and especially now they got that 20 percent sale going on um certainly check them out so um huntworth always does our giveaways for patreons and we got a bunch of new patreons um i hate this time of year because you know i feel like I'm letting you guys down when I'm not doing an episode because I mean, we're hunting like that's, you know, this is a hunting podcast. It's not a podcast for the sake of talking about hunting. Like we're hunting every chance that we get. And sometimes you're in the middle of Ohio with no service and you can't put out an episode. I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. So I really do appreciate everybody who, still listens, catches up, does all that. And like, you know, the new patrons from that, uh, Josh Hirschberger. So I don't know what's going on with Josh's account, but, um, he's texting us and messaging us, but I don't have your address, Josh. So you told me that you want a large shirt. I don't know where to send it. I don't know where you're from. I don't know anything about you other than you, you mentor a lot of, uh, new hunters and, uh, you gave me some great ideas for, um, some topics and things to come, uh, on the show. Uh, so thanks so much, Josh, uh, Zach, uh, McCann out of Byers, Colorado, um, signed up as Hank Hill. So these no- notifications show up and I'm like, Hank Hill. I'm like, man, this like, what? It's gotta be a joke. Like what's going on? Um, but you know, thanks so much, Zach. Good luck in Nebraska. Um, and you know, a couple other hunts you got coming up and then Brandon McCann, uh, out of Midland, Michigan. I don't know if they're related or how they're, they're just coincidence. Um, but Brandon just put a stock on a deer, uh, on the way to the stand, killed it. And Brandon, if, if, if you get a chance and you can fa- find him on social media, he has the most ridiculous collection of Coleman lanterns, uh, like antique Coleman lanterns in, in camping gear. It's insane. Um, but that's just to say like the Patreon is like a community to us. Like we're building, um, uh, all the hunting bunnies buddies that you didn't know that you needed or that you had. Like it's a great group of guys to, you know, talk hunting, talk gear, talk tactics, uh, pick you up when you're, <laughs> when you're feeling down, you know, there's a couple guys that have, that have hit deer and then guys that are just like Josh Mapes is just out there slaying does. Um, but, that's what we're trying to do here and we try and give back as much as we can and so we do quarterly giveaways and patreon is crowdfunding for creators um it helps us to be able to do this kind of stuff to be able to go you know on these out-of-state hunts to try this new gear to pass all that along to to you guys and um so Huntworth is giving away their Fairbanks jacket and bibs. And so it's like that Holton set that we just gave away on steroids. And you got to think this is a fourth quarter giveaway. So we're giving this away like January 1st, 2nd, 3rd. So right, if you're doing any late season, late, late season hunting, um, and you're up here in the Midwest, um, you're going to need some warm clothes. And that is going to be what 
is going to be a welcome addition to your to your setup. And then, you know, as always, Spartan Forge gives away uh, a year subscription to their uh, premium service. Now, Spartan Forge is artificial intelligence for the deer woods. It predicts, you know, where the deer are going to be if they're going to be home bodies and they're just going to be in their core area if they're going to be in transition or if right now when it's the rut, um, it's going to be on full range. They're everywhere chasing. Um, it kind of picks out weather patterns. Um, we were using it down in Ohio looking at, you know, the wind, wind predictability, but their mapping is just absolutely incredible. And now with the added feature of like being able to add and adjust the topo lines to like 10 to 40 feet. Um, so in the areas that don't have much elevation, you can still turn on that topo to 10 feet and you can see those little micro, uh, terrain features, uh, in what you used to think was flat ground. So definitely something to check out. You can check them out at spartanforge.ai. You can use code bowhunter for 25% off, but Spartan Forge is, you know, a great, map mapping software uh, and they've got a free version now that gives you basically everything the competitors do but they do that for free um, so they give you boundaries um, state land private land um, all of that sort of thing uh, so again check them out at spartanforge.ai lucky buck gives away either a thing of their seed or their uh, mineral and uh, my buddy Mark's got a bunch of that down in uh, Missouri with some big bucks on it and uh, he's had it down there this week. Uh, Frank and Ernie are already, well Frank's in Ohio uh, on his private land piece that uh, they've been hunting. They got Lucky Buck down there and they got bucks all over it so I'm, I'm really hopeful for Frank um, this year and then Zinger Fletchings give away uh, a set of Fletchings uh, to give those away. We just randomly pick out of all the Patreons and we give this stuff away. And then this quarter, um, we're going to give away another bow. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to give away, but I think we're going to put, uh, one of the adjustable red dots on it. Uh, I got to get with Tim and, and we'll get that worked out, but we're going to give away a bow and, you know, our friends at adjustable red dot, you know, Frank's got that on his bow. He's going to put down a monster. But if you want to see some guys that are really killing deer, I don't know how many deer they've already killed in Michigan um, on their properties. And uh, they've, they're they in Kansas right now, killed one buck down there um, already. Uh, but follow Adjustable Red Dot on um, Instagram. Check out the deer that they are putting down, the time they're putting in the stand, like, and they're doing it with all the lever bows. So they're doing it with, uh, you know, their Oneida guys. And uh, it's really awesome to watch. Um, but, yeah, go check them out. And if you're interested in Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Or you can just go to our website and click on the Patreon link. I know this is a long one. Like I said, I hate not putting out an episode. Um, but I I got to give credit where credit's due and our sponsors help us so much to be able to do this kind of stuff and, uh, put this out for you guys. So uh, this episode is, uh, kind of a difficult one. It goes through our, um, trials and tribulations down in Ohio, but, uh, it was a good hunt and I think we learned a lot. So anyways, thank you guys so much for listening as always. Enjoy the episode. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And we, I'm, I'm here with my buddy Eric. You might remember him from uh, the uh, my last out of state trip um, podcast when we went to Missouri two years ago. Um, Eric's the one who shot the tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> very, very good hunter. He uh, is one of the guys that was well, helping out at the. Uh, I don't know about very good. Uh, Patreon. Uh, well, he's killed plenty of deer. I found out on this trip that he has uh, never shot a doe, um, <laughs> which to me is like yet. Well, <laughs> this year it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but that it's been by choice, right? Right. Like uh, kind of. I mean, you know, we all know how it works. Just wasn't wasn't raised shooting doe. I guess it was more to shoot spikes than does. <laughs> Welcome to Michigan. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're down here in Ohio. We'd come down in the spring and scouted, and I had very um, high hopes. And I, I feel like I just kind of screwed Eric over on this whole trip because we planned the trip, and then it's like, oh, there's going to be a wedding, which I skipped out on. Sorry, Chris and Mel. Um, I'm sure it was nice. Um, but And then I had to go home early because i forgot that i were going to this concert and all these things have uh transpired so we we come to, <laughs> we come down here uh a, a, a day early like my buddy josh says hey we're going down to the same place like a week later or whatever stay in these cabins because we didn't have a place to stay because a lot of different things that plans had changed a couple times but um, so I said, sure, let's book it. Booked it. I didn't even read anything about it. Why, and I, why I, would you? I saw these were little tiny cabins, but they're, they're cabins. They have a fridge, they have a microwave, coffee pot, toaster. Perfect hunting camp. Yeah. And we get here and we're like, oh, these aren't so bad. Oh, it's got a, ba-. when we got the key, it said bathhouse. And I was like, oh, it must be, there's like community bathroom. Oh, okay. And so basically we're staying in like one of the Amish sheds right. that they turn into a, a, a house, which honestly, fine. We, we've talked about it m- multiple times over the course of this week. Like this is a 100% adequate. Right. Like the water here is like sulfur city. So like the <laughs> bathroom like when you take a shower, it's like not not that it's not a pleasurable experience, but it's just like it's not like you're a like stink to it. <laughs> you don't feel cleaner <laughs> like once you get out of there. Um, but again, it's deer camp. It's not you know the Shangri La, but there's no freaking bedding, and, and the, there's beds. Well, there's mattresses, anyways, and <laughs> so no bed. We, so we didn't bring Sheets. any bedding. Um, so I've got. We we went to the family dollar and bought whatever. Nope, there's no towels. So we had to get towels, uh, sheets, blankets. blankets. We got pillowcases full of hunting clothes and sweatshirts. <laughs> um, we weren't because we weren't buying and buying a damn pillow. Right. I got this new trophy line dry bag. That's a pretty nice pillow. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's worked out pretty well. Um. But yeah, I guess Eric, like coming down here, like what were your expectations after after coming down in the spring and seeing what? Well, I guess 
kind of talk about what we found in the spring and like what what we were so when we came down in the spring i have never hunted hills or clear cuts i'm michigan you know big woods marshes river bottoms so coming down here in the spring um scouting i felt pretty good when we left we found some really good sign um you know we spent what one and a half days mm-hmm. we put in i think we put in 16 miles 16 miles something like yeah. that. yeah i felt real good and what i mean so kind of like um lay out the sign that we found and i guess what you expect because i think i think that that plays into like how our week went yeah so when we got here we went immediately straight up a clear cut to the top of the um the top of the ridge i guess and walked the ridge and there was not a lot of sign up there and then we did the top two-thirds looking for sign um which is where you found that shed um, and we did find more sign there than at the very top, but, um, you know, then we, I don't know, walked around for hours, I feel. And then finally on the way out, we cut through a clear cut down to a drainage system. And it was like, this is it. There was sign everywhere. We could see this, the community scrape. Right where all the drainages come together, all the valleys come together, um, kind of like a turkey foot on the map is what you would see. Um, so yeah, I was feeling good. So then we we went back to the hotel. That was the first day of scouting, and we just picked out what we had found, um, the same terrain features on our map. And then the next day we came in. I think we had three or four of them marked. And I think we ended up walking two or three of them and they all laid out the same. The sign was not as good in some as in others, but they all had sign in them. We found the the big scrapes up all the way up in. And I mean, it. I felt good leaving here. It was, and it was all identical and it was all significant. You know, yeah. it wasn't like, I don't know. I, I feel like, like back home. It's like what you would find on like a good, like secluded logging road. Yeah. You know, where you look at it and you're like, it doesn't matter. You're going to hit a certain time of the year and this is going to be tore up and this is going to be where the bucks are just cruising. Right. I mean, that, that in my mind is what I, what I thought. And then- you know, for our limited experience looking at it and saying, okay, well, the wind is going to be from here, so the bucks should be bedded up here. Right. And, and we, we did find some beds up on the ridges and stuff, too, um, when we were down here scouting. And so, like, I guess, I guess leading up to this, like, what was your thoughts? Because we, we like I say, we ended up coming down here a day early because I skipped a wedding <laughs> and um, we drove right in, scouted. Scouted all that whole, we whole got day. here at like 2.30, scouted till dark. We and put then, seven miles on, I think, when we got here that day. Then we had to drive a half hour away to find a hotel. Yep. And so we scouted some property closer, like in between here and there. 
and found some tremendous sign and it was like there was no hunting pressure right. at all. Right. And so we were optimistic about that. Came back, scouted some more. Yeah, scouted Sunday morning. Yep, and then we went in Found, and just scouted kinda, new spots that we didn't scout in the spring. So same basic layout, um, just going up drainages and checking the sign up towards where everything comes together. Yeah. So then we just kind of threw some sits out there, and then I guess like <laughs> for for. I guess, how would you explain it? Because we got our butts kicked down here. Like, uh, today, we, no didn't, doubt. we didn't do very much. We did, only did two miles. and we Okay, so we did we did two miles, and we did an all-day sit. Right. So, we were a mile, mile back in, in. A mile out. Yeah. Sat all day. Yep. And. Well, do you want to start at the beginning? Yeah, like, yeah. So, Saturday, we sat Saturday, or Sunday, sorry, Sunday. We scouted the morning, sat Sunday night. Um, I didn't see anything. No, dude. did you? Did you see anything? No, I didn't think so. No, <laughs> no. We we collectively saw four deer down here. Uh, Out of how many days did we hunt? Five days, I think. Sunday night, then Monday, Sunday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So, and I saw zero deer in the stand. All week. That's one all day sit. Yesterday, it was raining when we got up. So we ended up going to breakfast and we got up. I think I was set up at 930 when it quit raining. And we sat the whole rest of that day. Um, didn't see anything. And, and yeah. So we, we were basically up until yesterday. We were going in. Like whether it be night or morning, setting up. I guess we were hunting a night and going back in in the morning. Right. Hunting that same spot in the morning and then scouting midday. Yep. Finding a new spot. And we were on tons of sign. sign. Like, I mean, there was sign we were on that I don't see at home. I'm thinking this is it, man. We're going to see some deer and then nothing. Now I did one morning. I seen two deer on my way out in the dark. And then, uh, one night I seen, I kicked one up on my way back to the truck after dark. And we should say like the, I chose this week, this week being October, 22nd to 25th today's the 27th um the week before halloween for two reasons one is at home and i'm i'm getting the information from home from my buddies at home saying my cameras are going crazy with these bucks are moving Mm -hmm. and for two the pressure like when i've been down here halloween the first week of November, you know, the later end of November, like um, end of the first week, into the second week of November, and the pressure's crazy. There's guys on guys on guys. I mean, just- yeah, and we there. I mean, there's some pressure here now, but honestly, there's less people than I thought there was going to be. We only ran into because there's no deer, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> 
there is no deer here. <laughs> but <laughs> but something's leaving sign out there. Yeah. Um but the weather also, yeah, that's what the, I was gonna say. I was say the weather super kicked us hot. right in the balls. Yeah. Like the weather it At, was it was eighty degrees. Yeah, and the uh, average is like sixty ish and the one day I think it hit eighty or seventy nine. So it was really warm. And we were seeing bucks in the field At night. in some of these crops when we were leaving yep. and we were coming back in the morning. So like I think the weather had them a bit screwed up and um people have been texting me that are down in Ohio saying that the weather kind of screwed up and their deer went nocturnal and, and all that. But and that's what even today, for instance, the scrape you were on got hit between last night and this morning, sometime last night. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So I mean overall it started out to be like a bust, um, and then the weather changed, and I did see like the second day. So the first day we came in and we dove off the edge of this. Well, we we there was a spot that we didn't check in the spring. We walked this ridge top, and there was just nothing. There was nothing going on on top at all. So there was a fresh clear cut. So we walked down the clear cut. And, like, when I say walk down a clear cut, like, there's blowdowns in the middle of it. The whole thing's green briar. Like, it was probably, I don't know, four or five hundred vertical feet down to the bottom. And how long is that clear cut, do you think? I don't don't know. It was was a good ways. Quarter mile. Quarter mile, I would say. Yeah. But we got to the bottom, and it was like giant community scrape yep. like big licky branch busted off tracks rubs everywhere there. rubs coming out of the one way yeah. and we're like this is a spot you know um so i think 2 days later i hunted it in the evening yep didn't see anything of course <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I wasn't too keen on my setup like it was I picked my way up in there super quiet, got up in there, and I just couldn't find a tree, like, to shoot to that scrape. So, I ended up, like, right in the middle with a a scrape behind me. And, you know, the wind, thermals, all this stuff was... Yeah, there's a lot that plays a There's a huge learning curve um, there. But I left my stuff, and I went back... Um, and in the morning and then the next day I had a spike come right up to me at like six yards, um, just worked its way up the drainage and then caught me moving and, and took off. Um, and I guess that was kind of like a, a learning curve. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking how are, where are they? Okay. So they dumped down off these ridges and hit the community scrape or they're going over the ridges or whatever they're, they're hitting the scrape. What are they doing in the morning? And it right. turns out they work their way back up the drainages to bed. And that's what this deer was doing. And so lesson learned. Well, right. for me, not for Eric. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, we'll get to that in a second, but um, but you were set up on like 
the most bulletproof like killer spot. Yeah, we were the, talking about that tonight. Like you should have sat that more the, than one. The time. wind was, I mean, perfect. It, the clear cut was right there. There was well, so so let's back up a little bit. So the spot where I was was the bottom of this clear cut that we walked through right. on day one. Well, we we were like trying to figure out how to access it. We met with some local guys, and they were like, well. If you can access it from this road. And it just turns out that that day we had walked up this other trail and they just happened we to be were, one drainage over. We were actually going to go up there, but we were like, it's getting too late. We'll just go to this next one. But we this this trail went in like a mile and it, it took you right to this spot. And then there was a big scrape in the Le- trail. Leading up to that, there was... Rubs. A huge fresh rub just tore up, and then there was the two scrapes well, and right that, on the trail, and, and that was 150 yards before the good stuff. And when we're talking about fresh rub, like this was a scrape that was down to the dirt with like one leaf on it, and then the shavings from the the rub were on the top of the yeah, dirt. and the rub was still tacky, like it was just made that day or the day before. So, like the we were on the sign, like I mean we 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 put on like almost thirty miles this week between scouting and then going in to hunt, and I think some of that may have kind of bit us instead yeah, of I like because the spot. Back back to this the spot where Eric was, there was a trail that led right up to it that had been used by hikers, by right. horses. So ground by, scent wasn't even an issue there, in my opinion. And then there was like you just dumped off just a little bit, and you followed this this little group of rubs up, and then there was just scrapes all over at the base of this clear cut. And the wind was perfect. I mean, everything was perfect access was easy quiet uh a well-used trail so i mean it was bulletproof other than but you just no deer (laughs) you just hunted it the one night i did only hunt it one night and then i hunted it the following morning and i don't think i i think that that's where we were and we probably i probably should have threw at least another night in there because i think that the high the fact that we weren't seeing deer was what was discouraging, but I think it was different because like I saw the one spike and then the spot that I set the last two days was the best looking spot of anything we scouted in the spring. And like, we were both looking at it. Like that's where we, that's, it. that's where we need to hunt. And so we decided well, two days ago, we scouted it in between hunts. We walked up in there and like we got, I don't know, we got to the end of this trail. And let me back that up. The first day that we got here and we drove by there, we were going to go hunt that. Yeah, there was a truck there. was there. a truck there. So we didn't. So we didn't. And we just kind of left it alone. And then two days ago, we went in and we were like, we got to scout this. As soon as we got to the end of the trail... There was a camera right. on a scrape, but then there was scrapes for the next damn near, it was a half a mile. 
yeah. to the end. And there were scrapes and rubs all the way. And they were all fresh. Fresh. Within the last day or two. And what was weird is there was really, really like killer sign from that camera for the next quarter of a mile. Yeah, probably. Maybe three eighths of a mile. And then it kind of dried up, but it got super thick. Like the, the drainage, like there was tons of blowdowns and nasty. And then when you got to the end of it, then there was, it, it actually wasn't that impressive compared to what was back further. Right. There was, what did we find? Two little scrapes. Well, there, there was one scrape that had a signpost rub yes. underneath it that had been like touched up. And the scrape was there, and there was another open scrape, but that was it. Yeah, I mean, that was it. And compared to the other sign that we'd found, it you, was underwhelming. We would have thought that <laughs> the spot to sit in would have been the spot closer to the truck with the more sign. Right. And so. So we're going to haunt it. How did we choose who went where? Flip, flipped a coin. Yeah. Well, because. We here's the thing. <laughs> you, you go on a trip with the world's worst bow hunter. That would hunters. Be, that would be me. <laughs> Guided. I'm by in the running for that. The, the world's worst bow hunter, and I would be like, "All right, so I think we should do this. I think we should do this." And Eric's so laid back. He's like, "Yep, I think so. Cool. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it." And like, we didn't see shit. It was just. Kicking the nuts, kicking the nuts, kicking the nuts. And, you know, we're, it's 80 degrees. We're sweating. We're going back in, you know, I, <laughs> the sit you had at the, the, the. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Well, where you were hunted the last two days, you're like, this is the easiest walk that I've had. Yeah, it was because like, it was like a quarter mile, and all the other ones were like at least a mile. I was walking like I rode a horse after a couple days. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, and you scouted the first day, and you're yeah, fucking my muck, muck boots. boots with like ankle socks on. <laughs> That's your fault. Yeah, true. But so I, I, I said, I'm like, I'm like, all right. The next two days are yours. Like, you pick what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I don't I'm, know. I'm so indecisive. <laughs> and I said, well, I have a really terrible plan. And he's like, okay, I love, I love terrible, terrible plans. plans. <laughs> they well, usually work out good. <laughs> well, because it was supposed to rain overnight. And it was supposed to stop raining about 9 o'clock. So, I'm like, I say we just sleep in because it's it's going to rain. Go in, go, we'll go back into that spot because there's 18,000 scrapes in there. Mm -hmm. when and, it gets, and it was long enough 
for both of us to comfortably hunt that area. Oh, I well, mean, it's and I th- I, Adam I th- knows that. I mean, I don't care if I could look at him in a tree 75 yards away. And if that's the spot we're in, I wouldn't care. Like I'm just as happy as if he gets opportunity as if I get opportunity. Well, and so like we, I mean, I, I've, I've said it before, but like I watched my brother-in-law shoot a deer. Like I watched the deer die right, right in between us. Like I could see him and he wasn't more than 80 yards away, but I couldn't have killed that deer. Right. He couldn't have killed the one that I was pulled back on. So, but we were, here's what Eric says. Well, you're only going to be like 300 yards (laughs) down the way. And I'm like, well, I was off a little. Okay, buddy. (laughs) If that's, because I kept looking at my map and I'm like, man, that seems like way too far. Well, I, I had, I was going off a scrape that I had marked, not where I was actually setting up. So that scrape to where you were going was about 300 yards, but to where I sat was probably about 600 yards. Yeah. So it was another half a mile. (laughs) And I'm like, whatever. But so I was like, why don't we just get up around the same time as we normally do, go find somewhere to get breakfast or something, and then try and get in the woods by nine o'clock when it stops raining. Well, we woke up at five and it was a downpour. It was like, pouring. It was freaking pouring. And it was like, there's no way. It wouldn't do us any good to go sit in this anyway. So we basically executed our plan, got out of the truck, and man, we got in so quiet it was right after it rained well it was it was super hot here and leaves everywhere there was no access in anything like right quietly at all it was it was that was another thing that did not work in our favor but the that day like we got in like super quiet but we weren't well eric may have been set up but i wasn't even like halfway to where i was going and it started raining again. Yeah. And I, got, I was set up. I got in <laughs> to my stand and then it stopped raining. I got set up. It started raining again. It yeah. just rained on and off all day. And, but that day, that was yesterday, I sat there and it, it was like 7.07. And I think that was after legal because I looked at the, the time, but because it was overcast, it was like, it was pretty dark. I'm starting to let down all my stuff. My bow's on the ground. I'm actually standing on my top stick and I was going to take down my platform. All of a sudden I just and uh, then snap, 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 snap. And something was making a scrape. And Eric and I were just talking about the binoculars that I have and how good they are. And he was like, I bet they bring in so much light. And I was like, I'm stuck here. I pulled up my binoculars and this buck was like inside of 30 yards. He was like 25 yards and he was massive. I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you inches or whatever. I was looking at him through binoculars in the dark, but I could see. A shooter. (laughs) It was beyond a shooter. It was a no doubter, like anybody that we've talked to on the podcast ever would shoot this buck. Right. It was, it was a no doubter and it had like black antlers and it was big and pissed and it was scraping up everything in the land. And so I'm just sitting there watching it and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. 
so you know 10 minutes whatever goes by and a deer i think he's something else was coming down the the other like drainage like across from me and i swear i heard him snort wheeze and take off and then so then i got down i left my stuff obviously because i just saw big bones jones right and he was right right where i thought he was like he came right where eric and i walked down in the spring mm-hmm. and it's between these two clear cuts and they left like one little strip of timber and it's like it's like a stupid pinch point like it's yeah. like it's what should happen so just 10 minutes too late yeah and i get back to where eric is and he's like i didn't see anything but i did have deer blow at me that yeah. night yeah so they were pretty close but we why I said like what we learned about the drainages and stuff and Eric learned his lesson later was when those deer blew at him, what did you say to me? Like w- as soon as I got there and you're like, did you hear those deer blow? blow? They freaking busted. Yeah. But like, what did you say about the deer movement there? You're like, he goes, he goes, there is no way. That I thought those deer would be bedded. Oh yeah, over there they were bedded on the the opposite ridge that I thought they would be on. They but, must have been bedded on the other side of it. But not that they were they were bedded correctly for the wind. Right, they were but just, just on one the, drainage over, one ridge over, and rather than come down to where you would normally think, they came up and over the ridge. Right, and got his wind. Right. So I thought my wind was good because I assumed they were betting on the other one and would have just dropped down in front of me instead of like crossing over behind me and dropping down. But the direction that the deer should have been moving from bed to food was over your back. Correct. Was was from behind you. Like where I got, because I was at the end, everything was in front of me. Like, right. So my wind was good. As long as I stayed on the west side of the drainage because we had northeast wind. So, and everything was perfect for me. And that deer didn't know I was there at all. Like, talk about the most, one of the more frustrating things. And I've had it happen to me before, but not, not that I could see. Like, where, not where I was like looking at it, like through the binoculars or like, you know, it wasn't like one of those deals where you see the guys on video where your bow's on the ground right. and the deer's there. That's what it was. That's your exact, bow was that, on that, the ground. That's exactly <laughs> the scenario that happened. But um, the the it it was after time. It was too dark to to shoot, and then you're kind of just stuck there. And I'm really glad he didn't go down the drainage to you because then I'd have been yeah, really stuck. Like I, I would have thought you got lost back there or something. Yeah. yeah. So, and where we're at, there's zero service. There's like, there's nothing. Like we got to go to family dollar every day to call home and right. do some stuff. But, but so needless to say, I left my stuff in there. We got in there today. You went in because you're like, okay, I know. Yeah, I went in farther. I kind of messed up that first time. Going in there, I should have went in far. I I looked at it wrong, and I should have went in farther the first time. 
And had I went in there farther, them deer would have dropped down and they wouldn't have got my wind because I would have been on the other side of them. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, it's part of it. That that's the that's the learning. Right. Um, but so then I get back up in there this morning and so that I saw that spike the day before or 2 days ago a mile away, yep, in a drainage and and that's as the crow flies like 10 15 drainages over but it was a mile away. And 750 here comes I, I think it was a spike I'm pretty sure it had a fork on the right side but it was not not a shooter just a little buck <laughs> no it wasn't a little buck it was a not even I didn't even have to think about it is it and, and this is the last day last hunt and so we were talking about like we got to get up first thing tomorrow and boogie out of here because I gotta get home so it was like man if we shoot something like we got to have a plan. Yep. And we like all day we're working through our plans in our heads and these all day sits. Yeah. Lots of um, plans I worked through <laughs> today. Um, and then, so that deer came down the exact same way that big buck did last night. And he exited the exact same way. They're just coming around the bottom of this clear cut. And that was it until 530. And then 5.30, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I should probably, like, pay attention over there because there's probably – this is about deer time. Mm-hmm. I look over there, and there's a freaking buck coming right out of there. And it was a racked buck. It was wide, like, fast as ears. I mean, it, yeah. It, but at it was first, like, <laughs> when I first seen the video you got of it, I was like, man, that looks pretty good. But then, you know, it's different looking at it on a little two-inch camera screen, and then we get it back put it on the laptop and and yeah i can see why you passed it was it and that was i mean that uh, i got it on video and it was a legit pass the deer was like 32 yards away broadside had oh, yeah. zero idea wide open. Was there wide open and but like when he stepped out i was like oh cool it's a buck but it wasn't there was nothing in me that said man i gotta right grab my bow like it wasn't even. It was just, man. I need to grab the camera. Yeah, it was like I should, I should get this on video. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I'm I'm making a liar out of myself because I was like, man, this year is going to be a freaking bloodbath. Like I'm just going to kill everything. Um, but that's not why I came down here to shoot a spike or this. That deer ended up being a five point. It was a clean three. On the I right mean, it was a nice a big, five point. Big four. Yeah. I mean, but. It was probably what? 17 inches? Yeah. 17 inch spread. Yeah. I mean. It was a nice five point. Yeah. But, but that's it, not where. It made you look. Right. You had to look to count right. points and see. Yeah. Like, but no brow tines. I right. said it was like one of these like hot dog books. Like the, that's the mass. <laughs> like if, if every single point Stack was of hot like. Dogs. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> one, a hot dog. Um. Nice, clean, white rack, but I just couldn't do it. And I still had an hour and a half left of light. That deer did exactly the same thing that the buck in the morning did. It did the exact same thing that the buck in the dark did, except for the buck in the dark was thrashing shit up, but the path of movement. So there was nothing. 
I mean, from 6.30 to 7 o'clock, like I had the camera on just ready to hit record because I knew that buck was coming. And then then what what happened about five minutes before shooting light? Coyotes, man. And he thought they were close to him. Yeah, they were. One of them was real close to me. Well, I'm sitting at the end of this drainage with three ridges coming down to me and it was like they were on each ridge yeah they were one here one here one here the one that he said was close to him was like up behind me yeah. like i could hear it like snarling yeah and in the dark it did ca- i'm pretty sure it came down because i shined my light over there in the dark and it didn't take off like a deer it just ran and there was no blowing or anything and then something come down right in front of me same Right. Same way, but it was it was right after the coyotes went. So that basically closed out like what was what was going on. Um so I don't know, I mean I'm not disappointed, <laughs> even though I haven't seen a deer all week. <laughs> I'm still not disappointed. I don't really know why. Because the sign is there, the deer are there. We just didn't get there when they were there. We didn't meet up. Mm-hmm. But they're there. The uh, and I think that that's a great perspective, especially for guys that are, you know, feeling discouraged or or whatever. But I mean, I had the the whole elk hunting mentality in my mind, and it could be for any hunting, you know, for that matter, especially big game animal. But it's like it only takes one minute, millisecond encounter to to change your to change your whole week right um and i think that that goes both ways too in that same thing like at the patreon hunt where i didn't just loft an arrow at that doe through the pine needles right and tonight like i would have been happy to get a deer my daughter would have been super happy but it wasn't it just wasn't, it just wasn't there. And I don't know, like, you know, it, it seems so easy, but it's the last day on a buck that you're not excited about and you make a bad shot or you do something. Now, now your trip turns into like, man, a real Well, doubt. yeah. And say you would have shot it and got a, a bad hit on it. The coyotes are right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 they would have been on that who, thing so fast. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time. Well, yeah, yeah but I'm just saying. Well, and you had even said earlier in the week, you're like, you know, I haven't heard any. I haven't heard any. <laughs> yeah. So they just waited for us. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like Missouri could have shot a smaller buck, didn't. Wisconsin could have shot a smaller buck, didn't. Here, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm getting better, but well, it's I not think when like, you're not in your home area too, your expectations and you know stuff are are higher, right? Well, I, I think to to some degree, um, but like I, I feel on a on some note like. To go in to an area that you've never been and like get an opportunity is like a good. That's a win. Good deal. Yep. Um, 
What was weird here is we didn't see any does. Like I saw zero does. I, I didn't saw, see any deer. Saw zero so. <laughs> deer. But uh, do you we th- did in the fields. But do you think that that's a, because of the way that we were hunting? Or uh, I. Well, I don't really know because, like I said, I'm, hills and stuff aren't really my forte. I would say, but we were more targeting just buck bedding. So. See, I, I, I would expect to see more bucks. But I would think. But I would think does would do the same thing here. Does right? have to use those drainages. Yeah. Or, do they, and, or do they not use them for travel because they all lead out to the roads? You know? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what was screwy to me is like you had said it earlier in the week. But like it's like you would think you'd stumble into a deer. Like they're like you set up on the wrong sign. But I guess, like, with all the activity that we're seeing from bucks, like, does aren't laying down that many scrapes. Like, doe might go to a community scrape or whatever, but they're not just scraping their way down a drainage. I would still think that they would bet in those clear cuts, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, I couldn't believe so, that. Like the, maybe the, they just don't come down where the sign is laid like the bucks do. Maybe they just go out of that bedding clear cut straight to the food i don't know yeah i don't know it was it was wild uh learned so, a lot so let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about gear just because i think i think people hear us talk a lot about like using a saddle or or whatever, but this is your first year trying it. Right. Like before the season, it wasn't maybe like two weeks before the season. Like you already have sticks and a hang on. Yep. But you're like. So I ran the the sticks that I modified, the APIs, and then I had an XOP hang on, yep. which I liked, but it was, you know, I wanted, I've been wanting to try a saddle for a while. So I told him, like, hey, I got one. You can try. So I brought over a saddle. The only platform I had at the time was wingman. So I gave him wingman to try and ropes. And I said, figure it out. Gave him a little quick tutorial. Yep. And you hunted on your own before the Patreon hunt. Yep. And then you showed up up there and you were still hunting out of the saddle. So, like, what is what, what, what was your expectation? Because you hear everybody talk about it. You see it online all this stuff and then go into a hunt like this or like the way that you hunt back home. The the biggest reason why I wanted to try it was, well, for instance, I mean, perfect example when we were in Missouri and I was setting my stand up, I got my sticks up, I got to the top stick and I was setting my stand up. I got up in the stand and I didn't like it. So I got back on the sticks to adjust the stand and those bucks came in. And just from hunting with you, so we've hunted together in the same tree, tried videoing and stuff, and it just it looked so much smoother and just faster. Just to once you're you have your sticks up, basically you're you're done almost. You know what I mean? So I wanted to try it. And how? What's your like experience been? Like what? What I guess like you know. 
people will say, you know, it's not as it can't be as comfortable as my climber. It's not as comfortable as my climber. Uh, well, th- now they want they want all these. They want everything. They want right. the, the the whole shoot match. The perfect. I don't think there is a perfect setup that does everything. Honestly, I've used the climbers. In my opinion, my summit climber was the most comfortable stand to sit in ever. You could sit in that thing all day. It was like sitting in a recliner. Um, but now that I've sat in the saddle almost two full days in a row now, um, it's pretty comfortable. I do like it. Um, I'm still messing with the, you know, the ropes and the bridge and stuff trying to get it. At first it was pinching me a little bit and there's some stuff to play around with there, but those are all super easy adjustments, you know? I like it. I'll, I'll probably stick with it. I just think for what I do, it it works out better, and I'm not carrying that big stand with me everywhere. So can you can you talk to the listener and explain to them like your first ladder stand, like you were telling me <laughs> <laughs> the the two by four one? No, the exhaust pipe. Yes, yes. Well, the exhaust pipe one was a huge step up from the two by four. So I feel like I got to start with the two by four. So when I was growing up, my first tree stand was built out of two by fours, eight foot two by fours. So you want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. We used wagon wheels on the the wedge side that would go to the tree so we could pick up the ladder part of it and pull it because the thing weighed a 1,000 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. So we get this thing built. Me and my brother both had one. And... uh, (laughs) We hauled them out there, set them up, and, you know, this thing would be eight foot tall, right? Well, that's before you drag it down into the swamp and you put it, stand it up, and the first leg, it goes all, it goes down a foot. So, now the platform is seven foot off the ground, and it's just nailed and screwed together and all creaky every time you move. I've, I scared so many deer away in that stand. All you had to do was move, and it would creak. So then the next one was uh, made out of exhaust pipe. <laughs> I don't know why Adam thinks that's so funny. I just picture like, well, first of all, I'm like, where the hell? Uh, and how tall was the stand? I don't know. It was probably eight or ten. Where do you get ten foot of exhaust? Well, pipe? You, you you expand it, so it's got like just like the ladder legs now, where you could add to it if you wanted. I guess, so, but so, I don't know. It was probably eight or ten foot tall. So you. <laughs> You have and it was made with tees, like exhaust pipe tees. I don't remember. I just picture so like if if you don't know what a glass pack muffler is, like you didn't have like a seventies or eighties era like car with air shocks. Yeah. Long, <laughs> long land yacht type car. Yep. But so all I picture is like this exhaust pipe stand that goes up and curves. To a glass pack, to a muffler <laughs> as a seat with like a cherry bomb footrest. Because when you're like, this is, I was made out of exhaust. Hey man, that, that thing was so nice compared to the two by four stand. I wasn't complaining. <laughs> and 
in today's market, that thing probably costs a thousand dollars to build. Like, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, the two by four one would have been expensive, <laughs> right. right? But I'm just, you know, so the. But you're like an unbiased person as far as like the saddle is concerned. Like it. Yeah, I mean, so far I like it. I I think if you're trying to mobile hunt, it's definitely a good tool to try. Yeah, you just need a friend that has a hundred of them. So yeah, just, comes over with a box of them and says, here, try one of these. See which one is more comfortable for you. <laughs> um, and then two, I just wanted to talk about like, so you, I had to do um, the social media takeover for Huntworth. So I was like, well, Eric, you got to have some Huntworth stuff. So yep. let me know what you need. And he's like, well, I was going to order some anyway. So he sent me a list and he paid for it. He bought it himself. It wasn't free. I did give him some stuff. But um, what has your experience been with the stuff that you bought? Uh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. The pants, the coat I bought. But, you know, coming from what I had, you know, I but it, it's great. I mean, it's super comfortable. I'm, I mean, it's laid out well. I, I like I like everything about it so far. I have no complaints at all about that uh, Huntworth clothing yet. Yeah, and you got the – I forget what the name of the pack is. I have the same pack. It's their, like, framed pack. I think it's the – Yeah, I can't remember I think it's called name. the Hickory. Um, That's great to uh, put the sticks on the back of it. It's got three really thick straps. You can strap it on, and then it's got some that go underneath, too, like if you want to put your platform down underneath or whatever. I really like that pack too. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. And I got to use the rain gear yesterday, yep. like in the rain, rain, and uh, it worked really well. And I wore it down here in the rain when we were scouting, withstood all the briars and all that shit. Like right now, it looks like we got into a fight with cats or something. Like my fucking legs are all poked up. Yep. My hands are all torn up. And the. Some of the rain gear, like the Badlands rain gear that we gave away a while back, was like paper thin. Like, and I understand they've got like a lifetime warranty, but I'm like, I'm like, man, this stuff seems like it's just gonna get destroyed. Um, and the Huntworth stuff is pretty windproof, and as an outer layer jacket, um, doesn't breathe worth a shit. Uh, I don't think much rain gear does. Right. I think that's one of the I don't think it can really. Yeah. But it would be nice if they had like vents or something in it, but um it was super durable and quiet for yep. for for what it is. Um but yeah, like I say, just because you know, you're not sponsored by them, you bought your own stuff, yeah. like it, Yeah, I really like it. It's nice. It was a good opportunity for that. So, um I will definitely be buying more. In in terms of the hunt here in Ohio, like what would you have done dif- what do you wish you would have done differently? Uh I don't know. I mean there's nothing really for the time frame we had, I feel we could have done differently. I mean we put a lot of time in scouting between hunts. Uh the only thing I wish I would have done was thrown another night hunt at uh, at the one spot right off that trail. 
that's one thing, like, seeing what I saw today and yesterday and, like, watching those two smaller deer work the exact same path right. around that that bottom, you know, I think maybe we were assuming that because the sign leads out of the drainage that that's what they do, but in reality, they may just be kind of scent checking right. each one of those ridges. Yeah, and, and I don't think... Uh, honestly, I went in far enough on that sit. I wish I would have went in about another 30 yards. Today? No. Yesterday? The one at, off the trail that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I wish I would have went in about 30 more yards. Because we were right on the edge. Right. And that would have been right at the point of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Because they could have been up where I couldn't see them. Well, and you got to see on the videos that I took today. I've seen how he was working that, and that's why I wish I would have went up in there a little farther. So, But you can always second-guess yourself, and it's so hard, like, when you don't get to see anything. Like, right. when you I, – I, I said it earlier today when we were driving back. Like, I think the fact that we didn't see deer is very discouraging. I mean, it, it can't not be, but the sign was there, so it's like we should have just – stuck it out well and now the weather changed too mm-hmm. so i'd like to you know when i sat there i think that was the hottest night that we had that i sat there now that it's cooler out i, I mean i definitely think that's a good spot still even though i didn't see anything there and, and you have so we talked about it a little bit you and i that you have more experience even though you're not hunting like hills and whatever like whether you think that you are or not, like you target buck bedding right? and like not necessarily specific bucks, but you're like, if there was a buck bedded here, right? if there was a buck bedded in this area, he would be right here on this wind. And you've done really well at that where I'm like, I look at it and I say, well, the bucks are probably going to be cruising right here and there's going right. to be deer here. And I think that that's why when I go in back home, like, I just look for spots where there's going to be deer. So, right. if I see a spot, if, if I have a sit where I see zero deer, then I'm like, then I get discouraged because I'm not going to a single deer spot. And I'm maybe going that's to deer why I'm not really discouraged that I didn't see deer all week because I think when you're targeting more just buck bedding like I try to do, I don't see as many deer as a lot of people I know, but usually when I see deer, it is a buck, whether it's a little buck or whatever. The majority of the deer I've, you know, I've only been mainly doing that style hunting for three or so years now. But since I started doing that, you know, I see way more bucks every year than I see does. And what's your percentage of sits where you don't see anything? I mean, it's, it's pretty high. I'm not going to lie. There's, I mean, two, probably, probably every third or fourth set I see deer. So you get used to it after a while. (laughs) Well, see, that's where, that's where like I get discouraged because it's like, I don't, I don't hunt that way. I go to an area where I'm like. And I don't always hunt that way. Sometimes I, you know, do more like the travel corridors. And that's what I was saying. Like the reason why I don't is because, okay. So I always hold out like the beginning of season. I'm like, you know, buy a doe tag every year. And then I, 
like I hold out and I hold out and I hold out. And then finally it's like the end of the year and it's like, shit, I still have this tag and I don't have any meat in the freezer yet. The last couple of years, especially. So last year I could have shot a doe and it was like, it was the end of December. It had to be like the 30th or something. And it had the smallest fawn with her I've ever seen that late in the year, so I didn't shoot it. I'm wearing the shirt right now, Generations to Hunt. <laughs> Joe Davis, what did you learn from him this year? Shoot it. Kill the family. <laughs> Kill them both. Kill them both. <laughs> so. so, yeah, that's that's just usually what happens, and then I don't get the <laughs> opportunity or whatever, you know. Yeah. So... If you suck around this long, we are the world's worst bow hunters. For sure. And uh, I got to see the deer this time because I won the coin flip. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's not because I'm a better hunter. Uh, um, there was one good spot we found in the spring. Yep. And I got to sit it because of I chose tails. Tails never fails. That's right. And you want to know what? I thought <laughs> that that was the shit end of the stick. Did you? Well, yeah, because you were like, and I was thinking about that today on the stand. Because you had all day. I did have all day. Um, But you said, who, it, it was in the verbiage. It was the like, I know, I, I, I it was really like, wrecked that. It was like, who has to walk down yeah. to the end? And yeah. so I was like, Tails. And he's like, all right, well, Tails has to walk down there and you flip it. <laughs> it was Tails. So, so you won. So you you walked in a quarter of a mile and I walked in another 300 yards <laughs> seven times. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, there's – I kept looking at the map yeah. on my phone and I'm like, it's like 300 yards from here yeah, I to the scrape. Up. <laughs> and then it's like another 300 yards from here to there. Right. I mean – it took me an hour to walk oh, slowly sure. yeah. to there because we were walking in like super quiet and it was, I was sweating. It started raining. Like, like This sucks. But it was worth it, right? Well, I got to see deer and right. I saw, I saw what I came for, you know? Yep. And I, I got to decide what, you know, I, I got a chance to make a decision on whether to shoot or not and. Like I say, you know, you're like, oh man, I don't know. And I was like, yeah. I was like, did you see anything? And you're like, no, I didn't see anything. And I was like, oh, you're going to be pissed because I yeah. passed on one. And you're yeah. like, you didn't. I was like, yeah, I did. But no, I would never be mad for somebody for passing on something or shooting something. So I, I'd have bet you'd have been pissed hanging, <laughs> hanging that freaking four point in here. Like what? Having to. Ah. Well, that's one thing, We would have got it done. We were in a bad way because Eric's like, I've never cut up my own deer before. Right. I've helped people. And I was like, oh, we're in for a We're in trouble. <laughs> like, we're going to double up. And we're <laughs> we're going to be up all night. We're going to have deer parts everywhere. In our shed, <laughs> cabin. <laughs> but uh, any any parting thoughts? Not really. I mean, I would come back and do it all over again. All right. It's a great experience here. Good. Good to hear. Said sorry about your bad luck, but you you chose to come with me, so yeah, <laughs> it's kind of your fault too. Yeah, um, but th- you know, thanks everybody for following along and uh, and and listening. And uh, 
let me know what you think as far as uh, just filling a tag on the last day, like if you got the opportunity, or going away with quote unquote empty handed. Memories. Well, I, th- I think also you know if you're going to comment on that, you need to think about you know we have to have this thing deboned and cut up and on the road at six in the morning. So that plays a lot in your decision making, I think. Well it makes it for a good story. It does. So but yeah, let us know what you what you would do. Are you are you shooting uh are you shooting a racked buck on the last day just because even if it doesn't meet your criteria of like why you came down here. And your the license is good until February, like the middle of February. So I mean I'm not saying I won't be back this year. Right. So anyways Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Shoot straight. See some deer. We can't. Offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.